0: Hello, friends and neighbors and every listener and viewer. You are plugged into the Paul Leslie Hour now in our 18th year. Thanks for joining us today. Paul's very special guest is keeping the blues alive with his recordings and every time he takes the stage. Our guest today is the great blues guitarist and singer Jimmy Vaughn. Yes, he's here. His five-CD box set, The Jimmy Vaughn Story, is out now, ready for consumption. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people like you. You want to join those, be among the supporters? Well, it's easy. Go to thepauleslie.com. That's thepauleslie.com and click on Support the Show. And thank you to everyone who contributes. Now, who's ready? (laughs) Hey, let's get down and get the blues. Here comes Paul with his special guest today, Mr. Jimmy Vaughn. Paul? Hello? Hello, this is Paul Leslie.
1: Yes, it's me, Jimmy Vaughn.
2: How are you doing? Jimmy Vaughn here.
1: I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing fine doing fine. Sitting out in the backyard on a sunny day (laughs) and uh, doing a little interview. What a great thing.
1: Well, I'm really honored. And on behalf of all the people who are listening in, thank you so much for for joining us.
2: My pleasure.
1: (laughs) Well, this is a thrill for me. I want to properly introduce our special guest. Jimmy Vaughn is one of the blues-leading purveyors, practitioners, and players. He's one of the foremost guitarists, a -a one-of-a-kind singer, a gifted songwriter, and also a recording artist. His five-CD box set, The Jimmy Vaughn Story, is out now. There's a great variety on there, a fascinating collection. If you want to find out a little more on that, it's on Last Music Company. You can go to lastmusic.co.uk. And also find out about the deluxe edition on JimmyVaughn.com. So it's great today. We get to get some of the Jimmy Vaughn story directly from the source. (laughs) So,
2: Yes, yes.
1: It's a pleasure. I just saw your show when you came through Georgia with Clapton. What a show that was.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, Okay, yeah, that was fun, huh? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes, it was. It was... uh, It was the first show that I had seen before everything, you know, all the lockdowns and stuff. I saw Tony Bennett on Valentine's Day before the lockdowns, and I I needed something special to break that dry spell of no concerts, and that was just the ticket.
2: (laughs) All right. Yeah, that was a a really fun tour. That was a fun tour. We did eight shows. We did... uh, Fort Worth, Austin, Houston, New Orleans, Nashville, Atlanta, and uh, I think uh, two in Florida.
1: What was it like after after that time of, of not really playing that much in front of huge audiences to be playing in front of a huge crowd?
2: Oh, it's fun. I mean, we we don't care... We like playing in front of a large audience, but just to get to play music is a fun, exciting thing. Even if it's a small club or a big audience or uh you know, in between. It it doesn't matter. We we enjoy doing that. So what's not to love about it? You know. We we always have fun and then the more the merrier.
1: Amen. Well, I wanna tell everybody out there that There's this new music video. It's out now. And, man, what a cool music video. It's all done in black and white. And it sounds great. And I'm hoping you can tell us about that.
2: Okay. Are you talking about Roll, Roll, Roll?
1: That's right. Roll, Roll, Roll.
2: Yeah. Well, Roll, Roll, Roll is a song that uh, we've been doing. We did it in the Thunderbirds. We we just love this song. It's from it's from Louisiana and um uh, Guitar Junior is where I first heard it. And then that's of course that's Lonnie Brooks. He wrote the song and put it out in the fifties, I believe. And um we've always loved it. It I guess it's a song about uh having a date with a, a girl you really like i don't know exactly what it's about because it's about everything <laughs> having fun and uh we're gonna boogie fast boogie slow me and that girl we're gonna boogie some more so it's just you know it's but uh, it was written by guitar junior which who is lonnie brooks
1: Well, it's pure enjoyment. I I was reading something that you, a a comment that you made. You were talking about how so many singers, they they get around, singers and and musicians, they get around to doing the standards, you know, what they call the the great American songbook. But you phrased something I thought that's so cool, the American blues songbook. I'm hoping you can talk about that.
2: Yeah, I well, um, if you're a fan of all this stuff that we call blues and especially the, the great stuff from the 50s and the 60s, R&B, blues, rock and roll, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of all that because, you know, it's, it's rocking and we just like to play all these songs because they're fun. And I don't really care about what is going on, what's the current new fad, and I'm just uh, sort of in a fantasy world of uh, of all this stuff that I love. I always think of it as, you know, it's uh, like being a painter. Must be, you have a fresh canvas and and you have your paints and you have a paintbrush and you you do what you feel. So. That's the way I look at it, all this music. Usually when we do one of these songs like, like Roll, 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 there's, you know, there's the head and then there's the vocal. But when you get to the solo, it's wide open and it's like that paintbrush on the canvas that I'm talking about. You can do whatever you want. And, but all you have to do is you have to come back to reality and end the song. And do the do the uh the last verse I don't know that that song really embodies what I love about r and b and blues and and rock and roll it does it all
0: hmm.
2: and it's about you know it's about having a good time and and uh doing what you want hmm. feeling good
1: well, how important are those old blues classics to you. You've interpreted so many of them, and there's a few of them on this, quite a few of them on this collection, the Jimmy Vaughn story.
2: Well, that's, I i play those songs because I love them. And, you know, I think there's enough of everybody doing everything else. And so it's okay for me to do these. You know, like uh, on the box set here, there's a cut where I do... Texas Flood and I do it with the University of Texas marching band and it was on the halftime at a UT football game at the stadium and it was raining cats and dogs and they said do you want to play and I was like absolutely let's go for it and uh, (laughs) so we were out there when you hear this cut the Texas flood live with the UT band. When you hear it, know that it was raining and uh, everybody stayed and had a good time and got wet, you know. (laughs) You can hear it.
1: (laughs) What was it like for you putting this package together? There's just such a, a wide range of stuff.
2: Well, it was, uh, you know, I couldn't have done it without Malcolm Mills at the record company. He was, he really, he really did all the hard work. I just had to go through all my stuff and gather it up and, and he came up with a lot of it. And then we came up with a lot of little oddball things, but it was great to make a record with all these people and take that trip down memory lane and then have it end up, you know, with my latest recordings, which sound like the old recordings, which sound like the new recordings, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's just been a great trip, and I've really had a good time. So, and, you know, and it's not over, and it's still going. So I think we're going to be in your area too, right? Coming up?
1: Coming back through, and where are you exactly? Uh, I'm just north of Atlanta.
2: Oh, okay. Well, not yet. I guess we were just there, like you said. But uh, you know, I have—I used to stay in Atlanta when I was a kid. In the summer times, I would go visit my aunt, and I have a lot of relatives around Roswell and uh, Marietta and all over there. So, I'm part Georgian. <laughs> Did you know that?
1: <laughs> I, I did not know that. But we,
2: we'll take you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that uh, we had fun when we were there, but um, I'm sure we'll be back soon. Oh, yeah. Because we always play Georgia.
1: The road goes on forever. <laughs> yes. You know, it occurs to me, if you listen to your recordings through the years So much has been said about your guitar playing, rightfully so. Great, great, great guitar work. But your voice, you have a great and very, I think, distinct singing voice. How did you develop your voice?
2: Well, at first, when I first started playing when I was a teenager, when I was 14 or 15, I had a lot of Muddy Waters records and uh, all these, you know, Magic Sam and uh all these guys like that. And my voice sounded like a little kid. And I didn't want to sing because it sounded like this, you know. And uh, so then in the late 80s, early 90s, when I got with Nile Rodgers and we were going to do the Vaughn Brothers album, with Stevie Nile Rogers looked at me and he said, what are you going to sing? And I said, uh, uh, well, uh, cause I had all these instrumentals and he said, uh, what are you going to sing? And I was like, uh, I didn't want to go home. He said, you either got to sing or go home. So that was the beginning. And so I just had to jump off the cliff and, and sing anyway. And, um, I always wanted to be a singer and I'm still learning and uh, I think what you have to do is just sing your your own voice and not worry about all these great singers you know like if you go and listen to Sam Cooke and and Muddy Waters and Otis Redding and and so many great singers it's difficult to imagine because you have so many great singers that you're that you're into. that you have to just sing off yourself. What is your voice and use your voice and just express yourself and don't worry about all the other stuff. So that's what I told myself. Hmm. And then uh next thing you know next thing you know, uh it actually started sounding okay, you know. And then you have to keep at it. So uh I'm still a singer in progress, but uh, I think the main important thing is is just express yourself.
1: Express yourself.
2: That's the only thing I think about. Huh?
1: You said express yourself.
2: Yes. Just uh, express yourself and sing your way, and try to figure out what it is that you do, and uh, that will be rewarding.
1: I was hoping we could talk about somebody who recently passed away. I, I just thought we should mention him. Uh, such a great, a great artist. He, uh, you acknowledged him and I believe he also played on, on the Strange Pleasure album. I'm hoping you can just share a little of your memories of Denny Freeman.
2: Yes. Denny Freeman was a, a great friend of mine from Dallas and we moved down here in Austin in the late 60s, you know, uh, we both were from Dallas. We were both uh, guitar players, you know, influenced by all that great stuff that came from Dallas, and uh, we both had dreams of going to L.A. and being in the music business in, in uh, Los Angeles. We both went out there as young guys. And we both played with a singer called Paul Ray who uh, was from Dallas and um, the California stuff didn't really work out so we decided the next place that we wanted to go was Austin just because they had a lot of clubs you could play down here and it was a college town it was not too big and it was it was one of the cheapest places in the country when we moved down like rent like you could get a big old Wooden two story house for, you know, like $75 a month and things like that. So it was uh, affordable. It was fun and it wasn't Dallas. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and I think, uh, I think it's normal for kids to want to split where they're from and go see other parts of the country. But Denny and I both came down here. From time to time, and uh, finally moved down here. And he was a great guitarist and a great musician. He played piano. He showed me a lot of things. He was very knowledgeable about chords, and uh, he knew he knew his way around on the guitar. Where I was more like like a, a dirty blues player, but um, he was actually. Very good at playing jazz and, and different things. And so when he made his solo record, uh, Lead Sled, I think it was the name of it. You know, he called me and I, I was like, well, I had just got my six string bass and, uh, we played six string bass on Lead Sled and that was a, a painting of my car on the cover of his album. So he was a, he was a great mentor and a friend. Just uh, uh, a fellow in crime, if you know what I mean. And um, we we always had a great time, and and uh, we had the same kind of friends, and and we lived in the same area in Austin, and uh, and we were actually uh, roommates. We had an apartment together one time, a two bedroom apartment, way back in the seventies. So. Hmm. But he made a lot of really cool records, and he did, you know, the great thing about Denny was that he always did exactly what he wanted to do. Hmm. Like, uh, he was a real determined guy, and he would, uh, he had his own thing, and he would do it over and over and over and over, and everybody loved him for it. So that Lead Sled song is on the album here, and uh, that was the first time I had recorded with a six-string bass, which I think I had done six-string bass, but I don't know if uh, Tough Enough had come out yet. I think this was maybe before Tough Enough or maybe soon after. But I played the six-string bass on Tough Enough and uh, several several records, and it just seemed like the thing to do on the Denny Freeman cut.
1: I exchanged some emails with him, just maybe about... Well, I don't know. A week and a half before he passed away, I had no idea. But thank you for sharing those memories of Denny.
2: He was he was a great guy and a and a really good friend, and uh, we we're, we're really sad. He uh, he got sick and and passed away, and it it was just uh, a couple of weeks, and he was gone. Mm. And we didn't we didn't know uh, that he was sick or anything. It was just all sudden, you know. But he was a great, great guitar player and uh, stylist was would be a, a word that you could call him. But he could play jazz as well as blues and soul and all that kind of stuff. He was a really good guitarist.
1: I suppose one of the things, uh, among among others that you have in common had in common with Denny, you you know he toured with Dylan, but you both had recorded with Bob Dylan. Do you have any memories from playing on that Under the, the Red Sky album?
2: Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, we were playing at Antones all of us. Denny and Thunderbirds and all of us playing at Antones and Bob Dylan came through town. This was right after Antones opened. And uh, Bob Dylan played in town, and so he came over there after the gig and hung out for a couple of days at, with everybody at Antone's. And I guess, you know, Dylan's always looking uh, for a new way to express his music. So he sort of fell in with uh, everybody and started, uh, you know, talking to everybody and hanging around. And uh, so... We got a call and uh, we knew his bass player Tony and, and so we got a call from uh Dylan's people and they said they wanted uh Stevie and I to come play in Los Angeles on uh make an album with him. So so we were like, Well sure, that sounds like fun and we went out there and uh recorded for a couple of days with him. And then, you know, I've um I've I've gone on tour with him and opened the show with my band, the Thunderbirds, and the, and even the uh, my band, uh, the Tiltsboro Band, and uh, so you know we've 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 done it several times together. How the record came about? is He came to Antons. He came through town with his band. I think when they had the uh, what was Rolling Thunder or something like that years back.
1: Oh, yeah, the, the Rolling Thunder Review.
2: Yeah, yeah. That was when we first met him, and he would come hang out at Antone's. And then uh, later on, all the other stuff developed. You know.
1: Well, working our way back to the Jimmy Vaughn story, it's so cool to hear all the different collaborations you've done, the different musicians that You've played with, that you've recorded with, you can hear a lot of that on this collection. Would you say that there has been someone that has taught you the most?
2: Uh, Yeah, I would have to say, you know, when I got to play with B.B. King and and Jimmy Rogers and uh, Lazy Lester and uh, all these guys. Dr. John was great I've learned something From everybody I've learned by, uh, Eric Clapton I mean you know just meeting Eric Clapton and being a fan when I was A teenager and uh, Dr. John And James Cotton um, It's It's overwhelming to even talk about it all uh, But I've really Been fortunate and lucky to get to play with all these people uh, who I call my, my heroes and mentors and it's been quite a journey and then, uh, you know, first we met Stevie and uh, Stevie was my little brother, so I used to, uh, when we were little bitty kids, I was four years older, three and a half, four years older, depending on the month, and I had to get him to school and get him back because he was my little brother and it's my job, you know, according to my parents. <laughs> and uh, mm. we really, we really had a great time and we really miss him. And, uh, it's been 31 years since he got killed. 31. Mm. 31. Well, 31 years, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I still get to play every day. And we miss him, and uh, I don't know what to say about it. Um, it was a tragic thing. It was the worst thing that that we could have ever imagined, and it happened. And and uh, here we are. So a lot of people think about Stevie and and miss him and his music, and uh, uh, you know, but and and so do I. But I miss my brother. My little brother.
1: Well, what a what a what an incredible gift with all these recordings yeah. that we have of him. I'm curious yeah. what you thought when you saw that incredible new mural of of the Vaughn brothers, you and and your your little brother.
2: Are you talking about the artwork in Dallas, or are you talking about? Yes, sir. There is a mural uh, in Dallas in Deep Alam. Somewhere over there in that part of town, that is a beautiful thing. And, uh, I'm really honored. And then there was the, uh, this Sunday, last Sunday, we went to the Keith Park, which is a park built, I think in the twenties in Dallas. And, uh, we, they put some artwork up. It's called the Von Brothers Art Project and uh there's a website you can go on and uh you can go on and look at it a, a fellow from uh Spain uh, made the artwork and it's it's beautiful go look up uh for everyone that's interested go look up Von Gogh Art Project in Dallas and uh it's a big panel art piece in Keist Park okay
1: in Keist Park
2: Yes, which is an old park, which is around the corner down the street from where Steve and I grew up in Oak Cliff.
1: You know, one of the things about the this box set, in addition to all this great music, there's a great, the reading material that comes with it. It's not like a little, you know, two-page <laughs> brochure kind of deal. It's it's really in-depth and enjoyable to read, and My attention was kind of grabbed when you were talking about, in there, about Jerry Lee Lewis and seeing him on television. Yes. Has there been someone that you always wanted to meet that you haven't met yet?
2: Oh, gosh. I'm sure there is, but, you know, I've been able to meet Kenny Burrell. I've been able to meet Eric Clapton and Lazy Lester and Muddy Waters and Bo Diddley and buddy guy and uh charlie Musselwhite, white delbert mcclinton and uh you know i've met i've been able to meet so many of my heroes and i never i think back to when i you know when i started playing guitar when i broke my collarbone trying to play football and they sent me home and they said uh my dad came home from work and he said what are we going to do with you i don't know he said uh Just play your guitar and stay out of trouble. (laughs) So, so uh, I've been very fortunate. I'm still having fun and we're still playing. So.
1: Well, did you ever meet Jerry Lee Lewis?
2: I did. I was in the movie. I was in a movie about him, uh, Gray Ball's Fire," I think was the name of it. It Came out in the uh, nineties, the early nineties or something. I played a. Uh, The guitar player in the movie In a lot of the scenes And um, Jerry Lee Lewis is A great Artist, I don't know if he's a blues Singer or a rock and roll singer Or a country singer Uh, He's all that, isn't he? Yeah (laughs) I'm I'm a a big Jerry Lee Lewis fan uh, Of his music and I love I love all his records And uh I remember uh, when I was a kid, we would come through town, and uh, it was exciting. And uh, you know, I I was born in '51, so I remember being five, six, seven, eight years old, and uh, watching Jerry Lee Lewis on TV and reading about him. And uh, when he would blow through town, he used to play at a place called the Cowtown Jamboree which was in Fort Worth, and it was a TV show that was on on Saturdays. They used to have TV shows all day Saturday on Channel 11, and it would be a lot of the shows from uh, the little uh, 30-minute TV shows from country singers from um, Nashville, and and then there were some local ones, too. And one of them was called Cowtown Jamboree, and they would have uh, Bob Wills or... Sherry Lee Lewis or uh, Waylon Jennings or, you know, somebody like that every weekend. So it was great. Channel 11. There's a,
1: a, a portion of an interview in there, and it, it kind of reminded me of a question I asked Greg Fingers Taylor, the harmonica player. I tried to yes. get him to identify the appeal, the power of the blues, Jimmy, could you put it into words about what's the appeal? What is it? What's the power of the blues?
2: Well, uh, I think what it is, it's one hundred percent American. It's it's got all elements of of country. It's got the elements of of hillbilly. It's got the elements of struggles. It's it's part jazz. It's out in the country, and uh, it's really the framework and the basis for the uh, pop music, in my opinion, of the whole United States, and especially Texas. It doesn't matter if you listen to uh, rock and roll from the 50s or, or uh, probably music from Nashville these days. It was the first thing. You know, the blues, I think the blues was first. And I think that, you know, the different radio formats, depending on what it was, where it was, it's really all the same and it's all American music. But I think it's, the roots are in the blues. And, uh, you know, I mean, jazz, is it country or is it blues? It's all of that, right? (laughs) It's everything. So... It's, it's like apple pie.
1: <laughs> I like that. Well, everybody out there, check out jimmyvaughn.com. That's Jimmy with I E, not Y, jimmyvaughn.com. And, uh, Jimmy, can you tell us, is there anything coming up on the horizons that people should know about or anything that you're planning? Well, we're,
2: we're doing a. Uh, we're doing a uh, tour of the Northeast starting next weekend. It's it's all on the uh, you know the East Coast, the Midwest up the top, St. Louis, all all the places that we haven't been on the Platinum uh, tour. I hope everybody comes out and checks us out because we're we're red hot and they are ready to go. So. Come check us out.
1: Well, I can tell you it's been a great pleasure to do this interview. My dad bought me the strange pleasure. It was a cassette when I was, I think, I was like 11. And so it's, it's really like I'm uh, wow. I'm kind of pinching myself to be able to do this. It's, it's been a great pleasure. I'm, I'm really honored that you you would come on the show.
2: Well, thanks for having me, and I had a great time. And thanks for all your help, and uh, let's, let's get it on.
1: <laughs> Do you have any parting words for our listeners before you go?
2: Uh, let's see. I would say play what you feel and have a good time. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sage advice. All right, sir. Well, thank you so much. I hope we get a chance to talk again sometime.
2: All right. Well, thank you for everything. See you later.
0: All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepauleslie.com. That's thepauleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primorano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano. the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie, and we'll see you next
2: time on the Paul Leslie Hour.